Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laughing, yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh Work Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Fraser. We're on episode 91. We've got a great guest this week. This week's guest is the New Jersey-based hip-hop producer, Buck Dudley. Most known recently for his production on a variety of projects from hip-hop MC Crime Apple. Buck Dudley is one of the select group of hip-hop artists that are reimagining the grimy East Coast hip-hop sound from the 1990s into this new era. During our interview, we talked about his beginnings as a hip-hop producer, the reasons he makes music, when too much promotion is too much promotion, balancing the art from its branding, working with Crime Apple, and much, much more. So let's get into the interview with Buck Dudley. First came um, came upon you uh, through uh, someone you work a lot with, uh, Crime Apple. And um, I had him on the podcast recently, and he was like, you know, Buck Dudley definitely be somebody you sh- you should talk to for the podcast. So here we right. are. We're talking. Word, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, me and Crime. I mean, we've been making music for for a long time. I'd say like seven, eight years together. Uh, since we met, you know, we met through a mutual friend uh, a long time ago. You know, and we kind of went through our ebbs and flows, like anyone does, kind of trying to make it, uh, like you know, in an underground market, underground scene. You know, it, it's hard to get those those listeners to, to gain that base you're really looking for. And, you know, you get discouraged, you know, real life gets in the way of shit. Um, but it really finally took off in a way where, you know, we were happy with the results. And, and uh, yeah, man, and, and, and this past year for us has been crazy. And um, I, I can't say enough about, about the response from fans and, you know, people hitting me up 
directly to, to tell me how much they love the music. People asking me to sign music. I mean, it's really, it's been a crazy trip for me. Right. Um, and, you know, and it's all in next, in next to fun, man. I mean, he's, he's an exceptional talent, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be along for the ride. I mean, I feel like we do work exceptionally well together, but, you know, uh, anything that guy touches is gold as far as I'm concerned. During these past sort of like seven years that you guys were working together, you know, what sort of obstacles were, you know, coming up when trying to just get heard? I mean, you know, hip hop, I, I feel like there's kind of been like this, this renaissance almost in, in this like, uh, in this grimy sort of wave of music, you know, that, that sort of like resuscitated, you know, like, you know, Griselda, you know, I credit dudes like Big Ghost also, you know, for this like kind of the sound coming back, this boom bap sound. Um, so, you know, seven, eight years ago, when we kind of started cooking stuff up, I mean, the sound of our music hasn't really changed much. Um, it's really just been, I feel like, you know, the fans have, the fans have kind of been looking for it. And, um, you know, so back then, no one was really checking for it. People were looking at me like, yeah, that's cool. But, you know, you go, you do that enough times and no one's really checking for it. You know, it's a lot of your friends looking into it and, and the same small circle of people checking for it. It just, it just gets discouraging, you know? Um, so, you know, shit like that, you know, you start, you start looking for, for other ways to, you know, to make money, other, other places to spend your time, whether it be a career, you know, you end up getting in, you get in, end up getting in trouble. Um, so, you know, it just, all kinds of shit gets in the way. Family shit, you got kids. So I, I, I'm just, I'm just grateful that it finally took off. How did, how did you go about sort of like not giving up on any of this and like going, Hey, maybe I should, you know, start making some shit. That's a little bit more trendy. Yeah. I, you know what? It, it was, it's never, it's never been for me personally. It's never been, um, you know, like a money making opportunity. It was always an outlet for me. I, I really kind of started toying with this shit when I was like 17, you know, I had like a little bullshit program that I was using on my, on my dad's computer. Um, <laughs> it was like, it was actually, it was garage band, like that free, Hell yeah. that free shit you get with like any Mac, you know? Right. Uh, and you know, I, I just, I just love the culture of, of, of making hip hop beats, you know, sampling, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just a music fan in general. And, uh, so I would get discouraged. Yeah. But I would always just kind of come back to it in my spare time you know, and come home after a long day at work, throw on some old music, someone would catch my ear and I would still just feel that need to like chop it up and, uh, and try and flip samples. Um, so I, I, I'd still be making beats today, even if it was just me in my bedroom chopping them up and I was the only person listening to them. It would, it, I'd still be doing it, but I'm glad, I'm glad I have a platform now to share it with people. Is there anybody specific or any music specific that sort of like keeps that interest in you, even if you weren't like being noticed now to like keep going? Um, I mean, now, uh, you know, there's a lot of contemporary guys 
that we're working with um, that re- that really kind of pushed me. You know, uh, I don't know if you know Danielson, but him and uh, and Future Wave put out Pressure Cooker. Okay. They have Pressure Cooker about know, a couple months ago, um, and I heard that, and, and I was like, yo. I got a, me, me and Kron, we said, we're coming out with Perfect 3, dropping this summer. And we were like, yo, it just, it just caused us to go back and retool and, uh, and like get better. Cause we're like, yo, that project that caught us, I mean, that's fire the whole way through, beats, rhymes, everything. Um, you know, my guy, Uncle John down at DC is putting out some fire music. Um, you know, and we were just up in Boston a couple months ago for a show. You know, Estee Knack, Savino, uh, Code Nine, all those guys up there. I mean, they're just constantly putting out just like fire, fire music, and they keep dropping stuff. So for me, and I'm sure for Crime, I can't really speak for him, but it really, it it, it makes me just want to kind of keep grinding harder. You know, I feel like I can trust in my ear. Where if I think something's whack, I'm not going to put it out. You know, as a hip hop fan, hip hop fan, you know, for 25 years here. Um, but other than that, you know, and, and I just also kind of want to put shit out that I feel like legends that I grew up listening to would respect and want to listen to. Um, you know, Vinny Paz, Jetta Montrix is actually a huge fan. You know, mm-hmm. he's taking the time to hit us up and, you know, uh, congratulate us for the music we've been making and tell us how much he's a huge fan. And I grew up listening to that dude, you know, since I was in high school. And that was, that was one of the craziest things to me. Um, I feel like that dude is a real head, man. Cause I've seen him like, like congratulate a lot of people like that. Yo, right. It's unbelievable. And he's, he's one of those OGs who's not one of these like old salty motherfuckers who's like, Yo, these kids don't know what real hip hop is today, blah, blah, blah. Like, he goes, he digs for it, he finds it. You know, he's not one of these lazy motherfuckers who turns on the radio and gets discouraged, you know? I mean, the shit is out there. The shit is out there for people to find. Uh, there's a huge wave of stuff. Um, but yeah, Vinny Pass, I mean, that guy, yo, he, he, he like demands that he buys it from us. Cause, you know, off the strength, I'd be like, yo, here's my whole catalog. But he's like, nah. He's like, I gotta pay for it, you know? respect what you guys are doing and um you know we're cooking up a little music together too so you can look forward to some stuff uh between me and Vinny, and you know he's he's gonna make a little feature on perfect three uh and i can tell you that that track is is um, unbelievable man see like um when it comes to like this sort of renaissance of like grimy music you know when you kind of look back to the you know, the originators, like the original eras that did that, you know, with the Wu-Tangs, the Mob Deeps, you know, a bunch of others. There was, you know, there was always so many, like, dope albums coming out, like, each week. But right. there was, like, competition between, creative competition between everything. You know, how sort of important is that for you to have a sort of a healthy competition with other people that are sort of in your avenue right now? Right. I, you know what? I don't, I don't shy away from that. Um, you know, it's, it's a little different for producers, I feel like, but, you know, for rappers who sort of collaborate and, and, and link up with each other a lot more, I feel like it's, it's super important to like keep that competitive edge and not just be like super friendly about it. Like you want, you should be able to hear something and not really sort of bite it, but 
want to like keep growing, it should like inspire you to keep growing or get better with your pen game. You know, maybe for a producer, you know, uh, learn a new program or, or dig harder or, you know, think of a, a new way to, to create a different sound. Um, but it's something I, re- I really welcome. I feel like it's, it's what's going to keep, you know, hip hop interesting and evolving. Uh, I think it's, it's a super exciting time for hip hop. I feel like in the early 2000s, like the mid 2000s, it, I don't know. It, something for me, it just kind of turned me off, you know, to new hip hop. It, it was, it was kind of a, a disappointing time as a fan. Right. Um, but I, I love this new wave of stuff. And, and I know personally, I hear new projects from some people, some contemporaries I'm listening to, and I'm, I'm super, uh, you know, I'm ready to like get the fuck out of work and head home and, and stay, you know, and stay up way too late digging for shit and, and chopping stuff. So. And you kind of mentioned recently how, like when you were talking about Vinnie Paz, like how there's like so much stuff out there, you just kind of have to dig. And it seems like uh, these days with, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to like sort of artists like you, you know, there is a much more sort of street level uh, back to like sort of like the brand and the promotion of it. Whereas, because with the the changes of like social media, like right. a lot it's of people, so much easier. Yeah, it's like you could like none of you guys really have like a ton of followers or anything on your platforms, but mm-hmm. because of the changes in the algorithms and everything, uh, people who have tens of thousands of followers still might not get the reach unless they pay for the reach, you know? Right. So it's really, it's right. kind of going back to where, you know, that sort of street level prom- promoting and that you really don't need to have a ton of followers on your social media to be able to get that reach that you, you need. And I see it with you guys. You guys are able to do what you need to do without having tens of th- hundreds of thousands of followers right. on your social media. Yeah, you got to see some of these shows out here, you know, in Jersey and New York. I mean, we got like packed houses. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like Radio City and shit. I mean, these are like hip hop venues, but we got dudes shoulder to shoulder, you know, diverse fan bases. Um, and you're right. I, I, you know, it, 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 it doesn't translate specifically from like your Twitter followers directly to how many people you're going to get coming to your shows or, you know, buying your physicals. You know, one thing I say is that hip-hop fans in, in this lane of music specifically that we're doing, as opposed to maybe some of the newer stuff, like the trap stuff, the more trendy stuff, is that the followers who support this shit are worth 10 motherfuckers who are going to stream your shit on Tidal or Spotify. Because you know what? They're buying your CD, they're buying your cassette, they're coming to the shows, they're buying vinyl, you know. So the hustle is different for sure. Um, and that's why I love these supporters so much, man. They're really spending all their money and, and showing real support coming out to the shows. It's a different, it's a different, different side of the culture for sure. How do you feel like you were able to reach the supporters that you, you do have? Um, you know, a crime, I think it really kind of started crime went on, uh, on static show out here in New York and like, you know, he killed it. And it really, that's, 
that's when stuff kind of started snowballing. Um, so as soon as it started, he's like, yo, we need to put a project out. That's when we came up with Metraeta. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly how, but, you know, the sound was there. It caught enough people's ears. And it, I guess it just took off from word of mouth or word of, you know, social media, fan. And, uh, you know, the talent is undeniable, I feel like. So uh, it's been a crazy year, man. Since then, we put out, you know, uh, Perfect 1, 2. We did the Sweet Dreams EP. We're about to put out Perfect 3. Um, and I don't know. The reception has been crazy. How do you feel like you've been able to sort of maintain these, uh, these, this audience that you've been able to get? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we, we sort of cater, cater to, to, you know, to what they want to listen to. Uh, you know, I really haven't heard any, any bad reviews or, you know, any fan trying to one project is better than the other. I feel like we're just kind of hitting them with like a steady, uh, steady dose of just like dope, raw shit, streetwise, street level shit. Um, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're going to kind of evolve and, and try and take it on some different sounds eventually. But, you know, at this point, the past year, we're just staying true to the fans. And like I said, we've been working together for a long time. So we had, we had a lot to, to offer people, um, you know, there's definitely some stuff that we kind of pulled out of the vault and dusted off and retooled and, and offered back to people. You know what I really like about, you know, what, what you guys are doing is that it reminds me, okay, if you go back to like, you know, back to the nineties and you hear somebody that you like, you had to go read magazines and do all sorts of crazy research to like right, find right. other shit that they were a part of. But the funny thing is, uh, you guys are so are almost like so like this sort of street level, even like on the internet, that there's times when, and I don't even think this is a bad thing, where like I might actually miss a release of of you guys, and mm. then I'll go back to it and I'll be like really super surprised, like oh, <laughs> like oh they put out the, like I didn't like I totally missed that uh, the perfect uh, one and two. Until like you right. started uh, when you, until you put the vinyl on uh, this past week, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I'm, I totally missed that. But then I go back to it, and I'm like kind of pleasantly surprised. So I feel like Lord, appreciate that. I feel like w the reason why I feel like that's a plus is that it's kind of like the opposite of what a lot of rap music is, which is a lot of hype, a little bit too much selling, and I kind of right. get like turned off on that. And like I be or I become just very passive about listening to it. Like oh, I'll listen to it later. Blah blah blah. Right, 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 but, right. But with right, you right. guys sort of easing back and limiting limiting it a little bit, it, it kind of makes let me. the music talk. Yeah, I kind of want to make. I want to kind of listen to it even more if I, I come across it. Right word. Yeah, you know, I'm. I gotta admit. I mean, part of that. I really don't be on social media too much. <laughs> um. So that's part of it. I really probably don't plug shit as as much as I should, but um, I've actually heard people talk about this debate a lot recently. Like, how much is too much? You know, are you gonna like go nuts on social media? 
claim that you're changing the game with your fucking album release, all kinds of shit <laughs> right. like that. Or, or you're just gonna let the music speak for itself. So um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely want to just kind of let the music speak for itself. I'm, 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 you know, I really don't have a big mouth. Um, so, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just humbled by the, by the reaction I have gotten, and I'm glad, I'm glad the, the approach, you know, resounds with you. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in, in the category of kind of letting music speak for itself instead of doing a lot of talking. And another thing that I really like is sort of is these, and you guys did it uh, this past week with, with uh, Perfect, where you have uh, you drop a you know a limited edition vinyl. Uh, that's something mm. that um, uh, you know they always do with Griselda. Um, Crime Apple just did recently with uh, the Guariente album. I really like right. that because it's you know it, it's something it is something special to you know pick up that your fans can pick up and they know it's limited. It's right. Well. That's why I feel like the the shit just sells out in in minutes. You know, I mean, so Crime actually had two two drops. He had Aguardiente, I guess that went Monday. You know, he had like 750 vinyls, the cassettes, the CDs, like the picture disc, all that stuff. I mean, he sold that out in minutes. So you know, shout out to him and Big Ghost. Yeah. Um, for that, I mean, that's that's unbelievable to me. You know, a year ago, me and this guy are still trying to get people to listen to anything. Um, and then on Thursday, me and him, we drop perfect. We do 300 copies of that for the vinyl. Boom. That thing's gone in half an hour or something. Um, so, uh, it, it, that's unbelievable to me that, you know, there's a lot of repeat fans there, you know, throwing a lot of money at him his way. And, uh, it really does go to show, like you said, how, you know, how, how much people crave that like super limited version of stuff, um, whether it be cassettes, CDs, vinyls, whatever. Um, it, re- it really is kind of almost like a very select few of people. And, I, and I'm sure that is, that is a, a lot of the reason people keep coming back and why they sell out in minutes. Right. And I feel like, you know, when you do stuff like that and there's actually a demand for it, it also helps with the, the sort of demand for just even buying the digital because people hear about it and they want to wonder right. why, oh, why, why did that record? Uh, why did it sell out so fast? Right. Maybe I got to hear it. Right, right, right. Or it, it all does, it all does work hand in hand. There's like, for the people who didn't get the physical copy, there's like an allure to it almost, you know, it's like, it, it, it is almost sort of built like a built in, you know, like marketing strategy for the project exactly for like digitals or, or whatever. As someone who's a producer, and you, you kind of touched on this a little bit ago, how, you know, how often do you sort of go back to old ideas that you have and kind of see if the, you can you know, rework them again at a later time? Oh, um, constantly. I mean, just, I mean, just in, in terms of making beats, like I'll start working on something, I'll hate the way it sounds, shelve it, completely forget about it. And then once in a while, I'll kind of go scan like old folders of projects I've been working on and find it and be like, yo, this is dope. Finish it, send it to crime. And then we got a song on our hands that people love that like, you know, probably never would have come out. Um, but also, you know, like I said, we had, we had put out some stuff, you know, five, six, seven years ago that we, we thought was dope and, and stood the test of time for us. 
So we wanted to put it out. Uh, like the cookout on Method I said, that's an old song. Um, so there is a few more things that we got in the tank kind of from, from back in the day, stuff, people, stuff, you know, stuff people haven't heard. And, uh, I think there's going to be a few more things we pull out of our hat that kind of date back to, a, a I don't know, a darker time for us, <laughs> but we still, we still want people to hear. What is sort of your your method of making music with Crime Apple? Do you guys just kind of go back and forth on stuff, or does he just vibe off beats that you made? I, you know, it really depends. I mean, we, we both live around each other, so I mean, you know, you know, on top of you know working together on music, I mean, we we've been you know best friends for years, so it really kind of helps the process, and there's. There's a reason we've put out so much music. I mean, there really is like almost a comfortability with us, you know? So, you know, what he'll listen to just some samples. I'll, I'll always have like samples playing in the background. If I'm not playing him beats, I'll have stuff queued up that like I'm looking to, to chop later maybe or whatever. And I'll be like, yo, what's this? And then we'll work on it right there. Or, you know, I might just come up with some shit, send it to him. And he'll tell me what he thinks about it. I mean, there's really, really no one way we do it. Um, so uh, it, it really is, it really is sort of, uh, it's like casual almost, which I think kind of helps, helps make some of the best music between just like a, a producer and an artist. There's no rush. There's no, here's 12. Like you think we could squeeze a 10 track project out of this or, you know, <laughs> there's no sort of like strict, there's like no sort of like strict amount of, of beats I'll give him. He doesn't feel bad about being like, nah, this is whack. You know, and I'll be like, all right, no, that's cool. Or I'll be like, nah, this isn't for me. So uh, it, it really is a casual, like comfortable thing between us, which I, I feel like helps. And, and honest, you know, it, it's really honest too. So I feel like that helps make, uh, make for some really like good cohesive projects. Are you the type of producer that has that works with a lot of gear, or do you have a pretty small setup? Yeah, I have a small setup. Um, you know, I I just use Logic. Um, I got a little Akai MPD, and you know, I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty classic, I guess, when it comes to just like chopping the samples, loading them up, and you know, I'm I don't really play any instruments or anything like that. Right. Um, I have worked with a couple of musicians in the past before, and I was actually just talking with Crime. Uh, my guy, Church, I mean, he plays bass, he plays keys. Uh, he's super talented, and uh, we're going to actually try and pull him in for, uh, for a project we're looking to put out maybe later this year or early next year. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really sort of very basic with it in terms of, like, the setup. Yeah, like I'm like up here in Detroit, like I've seen like um like friends of mine who put out some really like Detroit classics and I see some of the mm. shit that they work on and I'm like, "Holy crap, it's like the most like basic setup." Like you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe that they were able to put out like a you know, make a record on this shit and I'm like, "Dude, yeah, <laughs> absolutely." Yeah, I mean, there's not much to it and then you see other people in these you know, airtight studios 
you know, like 64 track mixer in front of them and they're putting out dog shit. So for me, I, I, the type the type of beats I'm making, I mean, it's sample based. So the most important thing is to have an ear. I mean, people, people just with like a, like a DAW, just, just a workstation and a mouse, they could put out way better shit than some guy who's feeling, you know, cool. Cause he's got like the latest, you know, like Ableton controller or fucking ST4 or whatever. It's like that shit. It, it doesn't matter. It's all about the finished product. Um, so I feel like people people looking to get into making beats too. Like if you just get your hands on on Logic or Fruity Loops or whatever it is, and you can freak it the right way, and you got the ear for samples. I mean, have at it. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel like you got to drop a few thousand dollars on a piece of gear before you can start really making beats. How long from when you started making beats did you feel like comfortable with you know having that ear? Yo, long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I put up some fucking awful shit. Um, I mean, you know, crime crime told someone once, he's like, oh, yeah, this guy's got folders and folders of shit. And I'm like, yeah, I do, but you're not going to hear 80% of the shit in those folders because it's not it's not any good. I mean, it took years. Um, I, you know, I'd say three or four years till I felt really comfortable with pretty much any, every, any and everything I was putting out. But like I said, I have been a fan for so long that I, I, I know what I know what's good. You know, I'm not gonna put out like a weird little beep boop beep beat just because I made it. You know, I grew up listening to you know masters do this shit. So um, I, I guess that's, that's part of it too. A lot of people don't have a. Uh, like self-awareness about it, I guess. Right. In hip hop. I feel like the first thing people develop if they want to get into hip hop is a fucking big mouth. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, wh whether it be, you know, producers or, or rappers or whatever, before they really put the time in to kind of like hone the craft and develop the sound or even just become proficient at rapping, writing, beats, whatever. When, when you were first coming up, uh, learning to make beats, starting to make beats, was there anybody that you, uh, talked to that you asked advice to any, you know, guidance along the way? Uh, honestly, not really. Um, it was just something I, I, I started toying around with at home in my spare time. And then, uh, you know, I went to college in Jersey city and I met a few few people who I'm still tight with to this day who, who had been working on music. Um, you know, and, and I, 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 I kind of did it secretly, uh, maybe for like the first year or two into college until I was like, all right, this is, this is, this is good enough. This is decent. And I, and I started working on some music with some cats in college. Um, and they sort of kind of pushed me to, to keep going, to get better, uh, to, to become excited about working with, with rappers and, uh, you know, growing as a producer. So, um, but it was definitely a slow burn the first few years and, and just kind of doing it in my spare time and, and trying to get good at it. 
When it comes to like the producers that came before you, was there any uh, any of them that influenced you? I mean, I'm uh, you know I grew up I grew up you know right next to the George Washington Bridge, so I'm, I'm definitely a New York head. So you know I'll give you the you know the primo Pete Rock. <laughs> you know I I run down like all those New York producers, but I feel like I, there's a lot of cats. Uh, that also influenced me that people people wouldn't you know usually list on their on their top you know I feel like you get the same five it's like you know Philip Primo, Pete Rock, Alchemist, um, but I sort of pulled influence from uh, like that's one from people under the stairs okay which is like pe- people don't even know about him uh, um, there's certain ways I love what he does like filters. And, and his sample drums and stuff, um, like organized noise, you know, down in Atlanta, they put out some of the first uh, um, uh, Outkast albums and, and that first Goody Mob album. Yeah. Uh, like uh, Ant from Atmosphere. I mean, there's 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 a lot of places. And, and, I, and I sort of like really started paying attention to this stuff when I was a teenager and like paying attention to the sounds they would put out and sort of like going after, you know, those people's projects. Um, so I really, I really can't say there's one, one producer in general, you know, I, I don't really have like a top five. It could be, you know, depending on the weather, you know, I'm going to want to listen to one, I'm going to listen to want to listen to one type of producer. You know, right in the winter, in the winter, all I want is like Primo and, you know, Gangstar. <laughs> right. In the right, summer, right. in the summer, I want a tribe. I want people under the stairs. I mean, and uh, I think one thing people are going to find out, I'm, you know, I'm kind of spreading out a little bit. Um, and I definitely like making hardcore dusty shit, but I, I definitely have a more like funk and jazz driven side to me. Um and I'm going to be putting out some some solo stuff and, and some stuff with uh, maybe a, a different a different kind of vein of artist coming up here soon. And uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that's really kind of a convoluted way to to answer your question, but I, I really do like to pull influence from from everywhere. Have you had any sort of like a thus far like a holy shit moment? where something happened or something that, or someone that you met, where you're like, hey, this music thing could actually be going off now and it could be something that I could do for a while. Yeah, I mean, um, probably, you know, I was like on the train into work. It was like, it was like Monday morning. I'm just like hungover, don't want to fucking be going to work. And fucking, I get an email from Vinny Paz out of nowhere. He's like, yo, I'm a fan. Like, let cook. You know, hit me with his, you know, some information and shit. And I, like, I don't know. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Um, but other than that, you know, um, you know, there's been a few nights I've been out with crime, you know, like in Static Selector Studio, you know, with Term. Yeah, you know, me with Terminology and those guys and, and just getting to see, like, lifestyle and how they live, um, you know. I got to like, I got to meet Pete Rock, so talk to him like briefly. I mean, 
there is there is a benefit about being out here in New York. I mean, and and also working with Prime. I mean, he's 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 working and and talking with some some major cats out here. Um, so there's definitely been a few, but it it, it has all been from idols, I guess, um, coming up to me and meeting me, and that's and that's that's really been the most flattering thing to me. Um, is getting sort of like props from people who I grew up listening to. Hell yeah, hell yeah. What is, uh, like, um, if you had to, like, sort of, if anybody was listening to this uh, interview and they might not even, you know, know about your music or even listen to mm. your type of music, what is, it, what is it about your life or your career or whatever that someone could pull out what you know what's been going on with you that they could apply to their own life to improve it or whatnot. Hmm. <laughs> uh. You know, I don't know. I, I guess I, I had I had sort of real humble beginnings in North Jersey. Um. You know, my parents were divorced when I was real long young. Um. And I grew up with my mother, who was a waitress. And uh, I feel like getting into production, hip hop production, you know, people people have this uh, sort of view of it. Like you gotta have you gotta have a lot of money to spend. And I just kind of happened into it. I was a little turned off to it for a few years before I got into it. Um, so I, I feel like if anyone out there is listening and they do want to take any sort of advice from me or, or the way I grew up is that, you know, don't hesitate, pull a few shekels together, um, get a microphone, you know, get a, get a program you can use to make beats, whatever you want to do. And like, just go for it. Um, because music was always an outlet for me growing up. You know, I got into hip hop when I was seven. Um, and I always kind of knew I wanted to be a part of it, but I just, I just didn't know how, you know, I, I, I like I could really go run to my mother and ask her for a computer and a mic and, uh, you know, like an NPC or whatever. So, um, I feel like, you know, if you really want to be a part of hip hop, like you can make it happen. It doesn't cost much anymore. Like it used to. And I always like to uh, end my interviews with asking the same question. And that, qu that's, and that question is, you know, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview and they would have some great stories to tell? Hmm. I mean, Dan, you know, I would say fine, but you already interviewed him. Um, you know, I, I would, I would love for you to, to interview my boy church. Um, He's actually part of like uh, this great band called Simple Man, okay. um, and I could definitely I could definitely get you his his contact information. But I grew up with this guy. I didn't grow up with him, but you know we came up making music together. You know Prime actually introduced us, and like I said, I had been working on some some music with him in the past, and I'd definitely like to uh, do it again. Um, but he's like one of the most humble, kindest, you know, talented musicians. I know personally, um, you know, he's, he's in this great band with another great friend of mine, Earl Gray. And, um, 
yeah, man, that would that would be dope. He he he's uh, he'd be a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, I could definitely with his contact info that you want. All right, great, cool, man. Um, before we uh, get out of here, uh, where can people uh, you know find more information about you and what you're working on online? Word. Um, so if you go search for me on you know Twitter and Instagram, it's Buck underscore Dudley. Um, you know, other than that, you know, you could check out uh, all the projects me and Prime Apple have put out the past year on uh, Prime Apple's Bandcamp, bandcamp.com slash Prime Apple. Um, you know, be on the lookout for Perfect 3. That'll be dropping sometime in the next month or two. Um, you know, word also dropped today. We're going to we're gonna do a, uh, a deluxe edition of Metraeta, uh for all the fans and uh, a couple of exclusive remixes. You know, a couple of exclusive bonus tracks from back when we were recording that. Um, and that's about it. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to chat with me. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. So that's my interview with Buck Dudley. Go to the show notes at freshofthepodcast.com for more information and links to follow Buck Dudley online or to listen and purchase any of the projects that he's produced with Crime Apple. So let's get to the fresh of the word, fresh pick of the week. This episode's pick is the album Van Ghost from the DC-based hip-hop artist Uncle John, produced entirely by Big Ghost, who you may remember produced a previous fresh pick of the week in Crime Apple's Aguardiente. Van Ghost is another solid release from this new class of artists that are reinventing this grimy side of hip-hop. Nothing flashy about this Uncle John and Big Ghost collaboration, just street rhymes and dirty beats. Go to the show notes for this episode at freshofthepodcast.com for links to listen to Van Ghost. So that was the Fresh of the Word Fresh Pick of the Week. Before we get out of here, I definitely want to remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just uh, share any of the links that you see on the website on any of your social media. And you can also subscribe to Fresh of the Word on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just type in Fresh of the Word and it'll come up. And if you can, leave a rating and a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It would definitely help out with the growth of the podcast. And if I see that you left a review, I'll definitely read it on the show. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh. And you can also follow Fresh of the Word online on Twitter at FITW Podcast, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh of the Podcast, and on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash Fresh of the Word Podcast. Well, that's another show in the books. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.